Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome, Tennis Bets Live. We are back in business. It is Miami Open, end of March 23, March Madness, tennis style. Indian Wells is over, and the players are down in South Florida. Uh, let's get right to it. Right down below me, Kenny Ducey, at Kenny Ducey, patreon.com slash Kenny Ducey, also with the Action Network. Joining us live from a golf course somewhere in uh, New York. Where are you at, Kenny? Yeah, I'm out on Long, uh, Long Island, as we call it. Uh, I was actually born. I'm a I'm a tried and true Long Islander. Uh, no, I'm out in uh, Medford, New York, right now. Beautiful day. You know, it was a little chilly this morning. I had to wear like three layers, but sun's out. Uh, just trying to really force spring because it's the temperatures are fluctuating here in New York. You don't know anything about that, Mitch and Mike, but uh, yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a crisp 55 degree day. It was like hey, 55 yesterday. I was wearing a jacket, so I should right. settle down. <laughs> we have had an unusually cold and very wet winter uh, in uh, Southern California, so uh, it, it has been an odd one. All right, Kenny's playing golf. I love that you're out in the outdoors. This is great. Uh, let's go counterclockwise. Zach Cohen, otherwise known as Zico, Tennis Bets, Tennis.com. Uh, also doing a lot of work for VEASAN now. Uh, congrats on that. Zach is joining us from Arizona. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, I ditched New York for the nice weather as well. So, <laughs> All right. And last but not least, uh, Money Mitch Michaels. Uh, one of the greatest skills as a producer is to put people in the right position to succeed and create a good team. And in this case, I am sliding in Money Mitch as our host today because uh, he is a, much more of a tennis expert than myself. Uh, so, Money Mitch, how are you doing? And please take it away. Oh, appreciate that, Mike. Um, last but probably least is a better way to introduce me, but it's all good to be here uh, with the guys. It looks a little like overcast where Kenny's at. Good to see Zico has escaped the cold and is a snowbird, but uh, excited for this swing. We're kind of in that sweet spot, right, guys, where it's like you go from one tournament to another without having championship Sundays back-to-back. We have weekend tennis that don't involve just one match, so I think that's pretty cool. And I guess I'll start with uh, Zico. Let's start with this. We're going from what, like a hard clay event to a real hard event, or is this two hardcore events back to back? Because I know you were it's right about re- the surface. No, it's really like we're going from a clay event to a hard event. Like an Indian Wells, you almost can't even consider a hard court. Now it's a true hard court, and really affects everything with handicapping. Just the, the players that are going to be winning are going to be different, and you have to be, you know, up on this stuff. Yeah, and, and Kenny, we can kind of go off of that. The last man to win the Sunshine Double was Roger Federer. I think it really understates. I know Iga did it last year for the women, but to win these two tournaments back-to-back, you have to be in tremendous match shape, but you also have to adjust and kind of calibrate. So I know Alcaraz is the rage. He played amazing, virtually flawless, but to win the Sunshine Double, man or woman, is a tremendous feat. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with what you mentioned, it's essentially two, it's three weeks of tennis. Essentially, it's two week and a half events. Um, and yeah, they got the bye, but still, it, it is demanding. Indian Wells is a grind, as, as we learned last week, because it's, you know, the, the court conditions make you hit a lot of shots to finish points. But it, it, it is, it was probably the most impressive thing was about Alcaraz's Miami win last year was the fact that he was able to go from making what was it the Indian Wells semis against Nadal, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and then and then he wins. Uh, so he kind of already showed us that he had that match fitness. But the crazy part was Australia. He lost to Berrettini. It, it it felt like he was a little bit ways away from you know having that fitness where he could be an elite player. And he sort of showed us at Miami that he was ready to take that next step. So I think that it it could be another launching pad for. Uh, some players that maybe yeah. have not yet proven that they have that fitness to play in Grand Slams to, to say, hey, I can put together two back-to-back pretty good weeks. But it would be a huge upset if Carlos did not win the Sunshine Double uh, and be the well, first man to do it since Fed. I don't – huge upset might be a little strong. Like, so we're saying that the field, if anybody wins, it's a shock. Because I also would add to that that his yeah, draw I, I think it's. I think it would be shocking, yes. It, it might be a little bit of a hot of a take, but I mean – would would you not be shocked if Carlos if Carlos bowed out to anybody in the field? I mean, to, to me, to be honest, he proved that he's much better than Daniil Medvedev. And I mean, who's going to beat Carlos here unless unless his body beats himself, right? I mean, what do you think? I think he proved he's much better than Daniil Medvedev coming off of 19 wins in a row on a really slow hard court. I agree. Uh, I, I mean, look, if he loses early, I'd be shocked. I'm looking at the brackets, and that's kind of what I want to get into. We're in March Madness, and this is exciting for a lot of reasons. I think if any of us did college basketball brackets, they're probably destroyed right now. But there is some opportunity to to look at futures, not just to win the tournament, but to get to the final, maybe even win their section. How much of that, like Zach, how much of that do you look at, like in in this tournament specifically, the section these players are in, and maybe if they're not even playing their best tennis, but they have an opportunity based on how the draw is? Yeah, so I was kind of with Kenny where I went into this thinking, you know, Alcaraz or Bus. I almost didn't even care that much. I was willing to put the plus 200 on Alcaraz, you know, not take the best of odds, but I think that he's worthy of being that big of a favorite. Um, yeah, and I, I know that his draw looks tough, but I don't really know who is beating him right now. I just think that there's a huge, huge separation between him and Djokovic and everybody else. And no matter what the circumstances are, I do kind of trust him to get the job done. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Zach. I just yeah. I feel like what we look at, and obviously if Daniil Medvedev and Carlos Alcaraz play twenty times, Medvedev's not going to lose every time, right? But I, I do think yeah. that the overpowering nature of Carlos's game, coupled with his incredible touch, like the amount of drop shots yeah. that he hit, and and yeah. look, we noticed we've noticed that Nick Kyrgios has the same skill set, and he has proven now that he is going to beat or, or more, more times than not going to beat med because he can attack that right. four position. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. But I, I will, I will say that I feel as almost Medvedev's in a tier of his own at this point where yes, Djokovic, Djokovic is in this tournament. He's, he could be Carlos. He might be Carlos, right. but it's, he meds in a weird spot where he's clearly better than Fritz. He's clearly better than Zverev. All these guys, Sitsipas, the guys below him, right. Right. but he's yeah. not really bet. He, you can't say that he's going to beat Novak Djokovic or Carlos Alcaraz well, on, on any given day. I think that might be the matchup too. I'm with you that if I'm building out contenders to possibly give Carlos a match and beat him, Medvedev wouldn't be high on my list. I think we're all in lockstep there. And it's weird, right? He would be as Kenny lines up a chip or a putt or something. Right now. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting ready to drive. When the moment comes, I'll, uh, I'll put my phone down here and uh, I'll come back and I'll let you know how it, how it went. 
there are <laughs> players that I think could give him a match that Medvedev would beat, and that's the beauty of tennis. That styles make fights and matchups are exciting. And I was looking at uh, a potential match of a guy who did beat Alcaraz last year in Tommy Paul on a hard court tournament. If that is a match that we get, it would be a fun one. Obviously, Alcaraz is going to be the favorite against everyone not named Djokovic going forward. But the other name I'd throw out there to just really buy some stock in is Yannick Sinner because I thought he was with Carlos, played pretty well, left a little bit on the table, and kind of admitted that he did leave some stuff on the table. So, look, I'm not – we know that Alcaraz is on a level of his own with Djokovic, obviously, but I don't want to live in a world where we just assume he wins every (laughs) tournament, and I don't think we should. No, I was going to Sinner's the one where, like, when he plays Alcaraz, that's the most nervous I get that I think Carlos mm. is going to lose. Mm. Yeah. First set was was a firecracker for sure. Um, there's there's opportunities in the draw. One of the guys I wanted to talk about with you guys, and I know both of you have kind of followed and tracked the progression, but made his last master, made his first Masters semifinal last week, Francis Tiafo. Gives Medvedev a good match. Seems like he's progressing. Still just 24. We're going on 25 years of age. How do you guys see an open the floor up? Francis kind of following up success. A couple years ago, he might not have handled it as well, but he's continually built on seemingly from that U.S. Open and gotten incrementally better each tournament. Yeah, I used to not take Tiafo as seriously as I think I should have because he's gotten you know much better and much more trustworthy at these events. I still kind of see his ceiling as being a little bit capped in a way where I don't see him, you know, beating a guy that has, you know, his power and just a little bit more, you know, from the baseline. I like, I look at this draw and I see, you know, a, a match with Felix potentially, and I don't see him getting by something like that. But similarly, you know, he wasn't right. able to get by Medvedev. So, are, so you are looking at the draw a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Karaz, but for everything <laughs> else. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point. I think Felix has shown a lot as well. And I think it's hard, like we were saying, And maybe that's where I'm kind of looking at it, too. You have the whales, like the very best of the sport, but it's hard to make deep runs in both tournaments, even if you're in that good to great level, because it is so heavy, it is so physical. And if you're not seated pretty high, you could get a brutal matchup early. One of the guys in this draw that everyone seems to be talking about is Ben Shelton. And I think he's got an opportunity to do damage, but he's also got QB Hercosh early. And I think whoever wins that match is primed for a run, but it's one of those things where whoever loses could be done. It will be done, but then whoever wins, it's like the draw is completely open. Yeah, for sure. But by the way, I have Shelton as a pick over Manorino. Um, I don't know if you, yeah. any of you guys have that, but it's a really s- small line. Uh, I think yeah. it's a minus 170. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, Shelton, That I saw that too. Shelton 170, Manorino. I know Manorino can be tricky. It just seems like, I would just say raw power would be my preview of that match. Yeah. That Shelton would have to really combust to lose to Manorino. But Hubie is a different challenge. And I'm interested to see what that line would sit at. I think it might it might depend on how they look. We also have to consider America Hercot. He's incredible in America. Yeah, for, oh, Florida. It's yeah, Florida yeah. Hercosh, right? Like it's, it's it's basically just in that state where he wins Del Rey, he wins Miami. Um, ben Shelton's game is interesting because I think he's still figuring out so much. I know Emma Raducanu kind of went viral with that. I'm at 35% of my potential comment, which is a very specific low number. But with Ben Shelton, don't you feel like he's not even at the peak level or anywhere near what his potential could be? Definitely. 
Yeah, I think he's got so much places to grow, especially, you know, with his backhand, just like that serve keeps him in matches right away. And I do think that I agree with you. I don't think he's anywhere close to a finished product. His return as well is is definitely a work in progress. He needs to get into more turn games to, to become like a top 20 player, I think. What other, uh, Kenny, what other guys in the draw? Obviously, we know Aurora Alcaraz is that, but who else do you like to go on a run, maybe find some value in on the men's side? You know, honestly, I mean, I've been on the Berrettini train for a few tournaments now this year, and, and it's going to happen eventually for him. And, I, you know, the, the scary part is that he's not really priced that well. Like, you'd want you'd want a better price on him just given the fact that he, he's really yet to put it together this year when he's been healthy. Uh, but, you know, look, I mean, and I'm judging that off of the Acapulco lines. Like, Acapulco was a great situation for him. He got a lot of pace off the courts. Um, what is that, Yannick mm. Sinner behind your head? I think it is. Uh, Mitch, but uh, I can't, I can't believe I can that, see that on yeah. my little tiny phone screen. Uh, but no, but honestly, uh, it's going to happen. Like, he, he's way too good. Um, I, I don't think that he's really that handicapped physically. Like, I think he probably is, if he's not 100%, he's close to 80 or 90. And, and you know, obviously, I say that with, with so much intel, right? I, me and Mateo are very good friends. Uh, but just judging on, you know, how, how he's played recently. Um, so I think it's a good speculative dart like I think here and I think you know going forward at some big tournaments because I I do think that what we have seen even when he hasn't been 100% healthy has been pretty promising um you know especially last year grass season just coming you know that was he was out of form so I would say him because honestly the other guys you're not going to find much value and I think we we were Fritz was flashed on the board is one of our feature matches today like all these yeah. guys, it's all pretty priced in at this yeah. point. Um, and, and a lot of people are going to flock to Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo. I think you go with maybe a more exciting name like that, and maybe maybe Berrettini gets you to the semis and then you can hedge. But, um, you know, it's 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 always, a, it's always a dicey situation with him. But I do feel like eventually he's going to make a run at one of these tournaments. This is too good. Yeah, I hope you're just not chasing a little bit there with, like, it'll eventually happen, it's coming, and I know this, it was a good opportunity to have Poco, and then it just didn't work out for him there. Yeah, I, I thought he uh, was going to, I didn't I didn't think he was going to win Indian Wells, that wasn't a future bet I made, right. but it seemed like things were breaking for him to win Acapulco until he got hurt, so, so yeah, who I knows what, go, what happened. I want to bring up something I saw on that board, uh, Zach, you said Sprinkle on Zverev plus 2,500 to win the tournament, I mean, what are we... What are we talking here, and why are you going to just drop some some solid sprinkles on Zvera? Yeah, I guess I feel similarly to Ducey with, with Berrettini, or I just don't think that Zvera looks very bad right now. He looks actually pretty awesome in that match against Medvedev. I think that he's moving really well on, an, on that ankle. Like if his movement is not hindered, then I think that he's going to win tournaments pretty soon. This one is a really bad draw for him, but, you know, peak Zvera is obviously a top 5, 10 player, and I don't think he's that far away from there right now. I I do agree with a lot of that. Like, he's gotten better. He's shown he's been able to move. Australia, it was kind of a miracle he was even mm-hmm. out there. And now the movement's coming. I'd have to really – I mean, I guess it's breaks the draw and how it works. But, yeah, that – I mean, I would look at the – to win the region, you know, get to the semis, and I think you can find some really good value there because he has been known as a big match player. Uh, for a lot of his career. So, yeah, that might be a good one. He's also got a victory over Alcaraz. It was obviously at the French Open, but um, it's going to be a tough task to beat him in any regard. And just looking at the women's, to kind of segue here for a little bit, no Iga, Sabalenka, Rabakina, but that third name, Barbara Kuchikova, it might be jarring to some people, but I'm kind of, I kind of dig it and I kind of respect <laughs> it. I, I, 
I don't know what it is about her game. She's a disruptor, but absolutely, I would I would agree with those three in that order going into this tournament. Yeah, and I got those lines before Ego was announced as out. That's why they're a little bit better. But I kind of think that those are the top four players right now. I think that they've all separated themselves a little bit from the rest. And I think that, you know, you get those type of odds on those three players. And if any three of them win, you're, you're ending with a pretty positive payday. It's like, how do you beat – Sabalenka is the most powerful player, I think, in women's tennis. Yeah. But to beat her, you're going to be able to either have to match her power, which – only Rabakita can seemingly mm-hmm. do, or just be such a disruptor at an elite level where you can frustrate or mix it up. And we know Iga can do that, but Kritikova is probably the only other one that fits the mold. And they, I do think that there is starting to be tears in this game. And I think Kritikova's double success and her ability at the net could be frustrating. But for Rabakina, I know we have to keep putting respect on her name. She's up to seven, should be higher in the rankings if she had those Wimbledon points. But what she did to Sabalenka and how she disrupt her serve i think rabakin is going to be a favorite for a lot of tournaments co-favorite for a long time coming yeah those rankings are a little wonky because of wimbledon i think that those are definitely the three top players in the world and then i think krachuka was probably fourth kenny do you have any thoughts on i guess the women's odds with the sabalenka rabakin and then krachuka is that number three going into this tournament I mean, honestly, Rybakina is playing like a one right now. So that's yeah. that's my biggest thought is is I feel as though she's not getting respected enough in the markets, whether it's match to match or in the futures. Uh, but I, I think there's still a little bit more value to squeeze out of her just the way, especially we know she's unbelievable on quick courts. Um, and, you know, I haven't I still feel like I'm trying to gauge the court speeds here in Miami, but historically very fast. So it could be a pretty good situation to continue to bet Rybakina and I, I really do feel like you can get a hedge off that. So I, I like Zico's board quite a bit here. Um, it, it does feel like Krajikova is another one of those that's a little bit, you know, a little bit underpriced at most of these events. But yeah. honestly, man, like the, the Zverev sprinkle, I don't hate. I'm going to I'm a big <laughs> fan of yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to play Zverev the, uh, the future. I'm going to play him at Madrid because he's obviously won it twice. And I'm going to play mm-hmm. him on the clay, maybe at Roland Garros. Um because that's a that's somewhere Carlos struggled last year. So I don't know. Um, I know I know we're back on to Rabakina here, but I'm just I got a comment on Zico's board. Like yeah, that. you know it's a nice looking board for sure. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to pop up. Yeah, Rabakina's next match is against Bedosa, and um, I mean that just shows you how much Rabakina has just leaped to the top of the women's game. Yeah. Bedosa, it wasn't long ago we were thinking Bedosa was the next big thing. Yeah. I think she won Indian Wells, you know, a couple of years ago. She was number and two. Now in the world. Is, exactly. Yeah, that, that used to be the curse for women's tennis. Who but um so Rabakin. Both of these women had three set matchups. Uh Rabakina, you know, I think maybe if she just celebrates a little more, maybe <laughs> that's probably <laughs> the only thing lacking in her game. Most modest celebrations of all time. But I don't see how Bedosa can hurt her out there. That's where if Rabakina is not spraying shots, she's on. I don't think Bedosa has weapons to match Rabakina. Who has gotten better moving, by the way, for being over six feet tall? I think she moves pretty pretty solidly. So that's one that I like uh, for sure. I, I think Rabakina will handle it there. If, if Bedosa was going to get her, you would think she would have done it at Indian Wells. I think those conditions suit her game a little bit better than these ones. Yeah, that's true. Another Another opportunity for her there. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Uh, any other picks that we like for you know the early rounds going into uh, you know the weekend? Let's, it's kind of nice to have some matches lined up and some opportunities with a full slate on the men's and women's side. We'll get to some of mine let's, too. Let's get to Kenny's picks here because uh, I hate to take him away from his golf game yeah, got, much longer. Kenny, why don't you uh, give us a shot to line up here? Yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, looking at the board, the one thing that really jumped out to me was this Nakashima line, and he's now at plus 145, if I'm not mistaken, against Alejandro Davidovich Akina, a player that uh, we've talked about it on this show before, but if you look at his, the last season that he had, he had an unbelievable run at Monte Carlo, and the rest of his season was, was bad. He was actually a losing player the rest of his season. Um, and I think the same thing can be said about this season, that he looked good at Indian Wells. These are Those were excellent conditions for him. Um, Slow hard is excellent for Alejandro Davidovich Akina. He played a lot of hard court in the challenger circuit coming up. Um, I think that that's really where I like to bet him. These are not the same conditions. And frankly, I'm surprised to see Nakashima price this way. I'm almost scared because he gets a lot of love from odds makers. But in this spot, I think I have to take him. Uh, I just think he can definitely break down the backhand of Davidovich Akina significantly well. And the other ones I like, I like Vanda Zanschulp over Paparin. Uh, the head-to-head here, I, if I'm not mistaken, I did my preparation this morning, and now I forget because I've hit a lot of uh, just a lot of lovely shots out here. Uh, yeah. No, but um, I believe that Bodic got him 2-1 in a, on an indoor hard court, uh, and I think that Popperin is playing at a lower level than he did when they played in that match. I believe it was a year ago, um, and uh, I, I just think he's a better tennis player on a hard court than Popperin right now, who had a nice result at the Australian Open, but has yet to really put it all together. And then, yeah, the other pick I have here, Ugo Umber, to me, he's, he, it's, it's an auto bet at this point. He has everything to play for. I know that Katsmanovic is defending some points here in Miami, but um, not too many. I believe he only, I, I think he made it to the quarters last year. If mm-hmm. Maybe that was the deepest, and he lost to Fritz in that marathon match. Uh, Umber's beat him each of the last three times, and I, I, I've, I've watched actually a lot of Katsmanovic this season because I was thinking that he was going to start strong just as he did last year hasn't been the case not very impressed so um I, I think you back ugo for a feel-good win maybe he's serving a little bit better now the serve is really what dictates how well he plays so we'll see what happens but i i do love days like this where you get a lot of pick matches it's yeah. much more fun than trying to spot the value in a, in a game spread or a huge underdog it's a great point about the core conditions for david Vich, davidovich fakina it's not ideal for him here and I'm with you on uh, going against Popperin because I saw him play Michael Emer, Mikhail Emer, when he couldn't move. And he <laughs> basically could not drop shot him to save his life. So I'm with you. I think those were logical picks, Kenny. And, uh, you know, maybe leave it a little short of the green next time. But no. Yeah, I will. I'm going to I'm, bu- I'm about to go uh, hit up on the green. So I will uh, I will bid you guys farewell. But good luck with all your bets. I can't wait to not hear why Zico likes Popperin to beat Van Dezenschel. Yeah. So glad I wanted to hear that. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, uh, it's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. I appreciate Mike. Mike wanted Thank me to you, join Jenny. so bad. He was like, please join from the golf course. And I was like, I want to see you swing like that club. We could get a side shot. To see exactly. Mike was offering a chatty for you. It's too bad I have to use one hand to hold the phone, you know, otherwise. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't. I was, I was anticipating some long shots. <laughs> Aim for the tree. You'll never hit it. What what did the rock say? Aim for the bushes. That's that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Basically. This is like the match with Phil Mickelson talking from the golf cart. It it, yeah. it, it does feel like that. Technology these days is very mm. fun. I I I really enjoy that I was able to join from the golf course. Pleasure Kenny, have always. a good one, man. Thank you. You too. See you guys soon. Good luck with your well don't not good bad luck with your popper and bet. Good luck with the one. Take care. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of winners already cashed on that board, by the way. So we got to give props to, uh, well, just about. I'm one in one right now. I'm one in one right now. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the loss first, or do you want to start with the good talk? The loss was disappointing because he's he had so many chances in the first set, just did not take advantage of any of them. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he needed to then he needed to see the trainer too. So I don't know. That might not go well for Mike either. <laughs> no. Uh, I see that's a situation where I couldn't get the, uh, the sets wager. And so I thought it was interesting to point out just a different way to kind of attack the same match uh, under 11 games, which I got at uh, minus 110, thinking that, hey, straight sets, as long as it's not two tie breaks, um, I'm in. And there's actually a way you can sneak into a three set win if, it's, uh, if he gets blown out in the two sets he uh, loses. But, uh, yeah, it, I guess it <laughs> yeah. didn't go our way. <laughs> yeah, still in progress there with the setup. And uh, Popperin takes the first set 6-4 as we record this. So I think that – I wouldn't cash that yet. I think that's going to be a four. <laughs> but it's nice to have at least a set in the bank. Uh, no, I think that's good. And and props to the Sakri Andrescu uh, over for both of you guys hitting that one. Seems like it was – seems like it should be more predictable that Andrescu matches are going to go over. I mean, if there was a time limit, if they actually had a time for hours, I would take her over every time because they're, they're marathon matches. For sure. There was a time last year where she must have gone, you know, 10 of 15 or something going three sets. And yeah. she just always, always seems to win one. So, yeah, that's the reason I like that. I do think, you know, she's another one that's getting really close to reaching her level again. I don't know if it'll be, you know, winning grand slams, but I think it'll be competing for them again. She's, she's serving better than I've seen her serve. The question with yeah. her is just staying healthy and being built mm -hmm. for it and not having her body break down. And you wonder yeah. if these physical matches will add up. But when she's feeling it, I mean, she just went through Emirata Kanyu, who is a former Grand Slam champion and a top seed in the tournament, Maria Sakri. So now the draw opens up. If she can limit that court time to the best of her ability, I think she's someone to consider. And uh, we'll see her as a favorite in a lot of these matches going forward. So that was a good one. Z uh, Zika, why do you like Kennan? to kind of keep that comeback trail in motion uh, as a slight favorite. I think that numbers, you know, you can get it in a couple of different books, but minus 110, Ken, and what stands out to you about that? Yeah, I think it actually moved to like plus 100 afterwards. So she ended up being a slight dog, but I do think that, you know, she won in a matchup with her earlier in the year. And like, that was when Kenan was kind of not at her worst. We've seen her at a lot worse in the last year or so, but you know, she's made a lot of strides in the last few months. And I think that she has, a little bit more from the baseline than Kalanina. And I think that, you know, her power can be a little overwhelming on a court like this. And, oh, man, I, I would like to see her playing at a top 20 level again. I'm not, you know, who knows when she'll get there. But I yeah. do think she's playing a little bit better right now. And she she played a really good match against uh, Rabakina at yeah. Indian Wells. So yeah, so she's, she's up well. a break now. And um, mm -hmm. another thing you got to like about her down there in South Florida is it's, uh, it's home cooking. She's mm -hmm. from there. These are very comfortable conditions for her. So many times I know tennis players don't or say they don't look at the draw, 
But when they get these, when they're on their comeback trail and they get these brutal matchups like Rabakina early, it could just stop momentum. This is an opportunity for her. No disrespect to Kalanina, but this isn't drawing Rabakina or Savalenka round ones. I think there's a chance there. Um, all right, I want your evaluation, Zico. My bet, Cressy and straight sets. I'm on the servant volley train. Lahovich had Andy Murray. He got by him, but I always feel like Murray takes a part of your soul. So what do you <laughs> think about this, uh, this bet I have here? I, I like that one. I don't think Murray should have lost that match. I think that he just got a little bit overwhelmed by the conditions or something. I don't know. He did not look like himself out there. I like I like your bet. I think that you know all the serve and volley big server guys are threats this week. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then you could get Cressy. I think it'd be Cressy Alcaraz next round if if that holds true, and that would be a different type of type of challenge for the young kid. I think I just love players that you know what they're going to do. Like there's no disguising <laughs> it. This is what's happening and figure out a way. And I like that one. Uh, but yeah, there's some opportunities there uh, for sure. Anything else that stands out about some matches that we like, or, Oh, we got some Saturday action too. Shelton. Well, you know, I, was, I was going to say that that's yeah. the reason I took Popper is because I know yeah. that I can rely on him to, with that big serve yeah. and Van de Zandtel, like he, I think he just fired his coach or something. Like I, I like to go against players that have just made a big change. I did it yeah. yesterday where I took Burton's to beat uh, Kasakina as well. Kovacevic is good. He's been coming through, won the Cleveland Challenger, is on the way up. Surrendal. I feel like that should be a pick so I think that's <laughs> one where you like the plus 120. That match should be tight either way. Yeah. Um, Petra Martic has a dog. It's funny because Mertens beat, who's a Kazakina, as a yeah. pretty solid dog. And now, you know, yeah, I think that's just kind of the taking uh, some value there. But plus one and a half sets, you're liking Martic to kind of come come through yeah yeah i took mertens as an underdog yesterday so i ended up watching uh, all of that match and struggling through it a bit i did not think that mertens was very like, impressive in that match uh she went up like a double break in the first set and ended up blowing it and then just the two of them were trading you know errors throughout the match so i think that getting martish plus one and a half at those odds is a pretty good deal i'm going out on a limb with some of my picks but i do like potapova to take a set from coco not win it she pushed Jesse Pagula and Indian Wells to seven five third, and uh, I think the notable thing with with her is easy win yesterday, no court time, no extra mileage. I think Coco can be a little vulnerable at times, so I like that. And uh, I know had in my uh, any Ostapenko match is like a is like a really <laughs> dangerous proposition, but I do think Beatrice has some power. The, the smarter bet was probably to go three sets, but. I'm living a little dangerously here, and I'll go ahead and admire the win. No, that's good value. I mean, Ostapenko like can it. lose literally any match she plays. Yeah. I, yeah. I had her, I had Kvitova in that match. That match was insane. What it was, was insane. Six, the way six, she six, fell five. apart, it was just unbelievable. I don't know. That hit every one of your tennis bingo cards, right? You had a couple <laughs> bagels. You had medical timeouts. You had the exchange at the net was basically committed. Like, you must be in pretty bad shape, and Ostapenko was <laughs> in bad shape. Sounds like you laid Ostapenko match to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, hey, it's Mitch, interesting, too. Yeah. Mitch, circle back to uh, Coco Goff. Um, and, 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 Zach, please uh, jump in here. What do you guys think of her uh, on these courts as opposed to Indian Wells? I I actually don't like it as much as Indian Wells because I think she is a natural clay court player and she plays that slower methodical pace. She's such a good athlete that she runs down basically everything yeah. in Indian Wells. My outlook on Coco for the past year has been she's a pretty solid bet to get to the quarterfinals in just about every tournament. But when she gets to the top of the top, that's where 
there are issues that the best players can kind of attack in her game. Um, but I would say, and Zeke, I'll hear what you have to say, but I, I think Miami, despite it being in her home state, doesn't suit her game as effectively as Indian Wells does. Yeah, for sure. I had Coco as like a dark horse at Indian Wells because I thought that that slower yeah. court would mm-hmm. give her a little bit of time with that forehand. I think that these are worse conditions for her. And kind of like you said, Mitch, I, like I'm, I don't know. I want to say disappointed in her, but I don't know when she's going to take that next step. I think that she's a little bit further away than we might think from being able to actually win a big tournament. The diff- it's. I was comparing her, and I know she just lost today, but she's a better version of what Maria Sakari is in the sense that, I mean, you could even – she loses less than Sakari does in the early rounds, but there is something about getting to that elite level. It's the final layer, the final boss to beat where she's having trouble. Sabalink is a tough matchup for a lot of players, but yeah. you know, there's something about that next – the Rubakin and now Krejcikova where I think that'd be some trouble, but – uh, and looking at that board, I'm actually – Christeas Garcia might interest me a little bit. Because Caroline Garcia, Mike, you were talking about the curse of getting like maybe two but just ranked pretty high. Garcia has got to try to shore up some momentum here because the start hasn't exactly been as ideal for her. So that could be a, yeah. an upset looming. That's an interesting one. Um, Rogers, Sabalenka. Rogers has looked you know, pretty good at times uh, to start the year. And and but Sabalenka, if the serve is on like it was at Indian Wells, that you know that that's an interesting match. Uh, I I want to watch that. And your boy Zverev, let's see how he looks against. He's got to beat Taro Daniel. He's got to he be pretty to. handily, right? I mean, yeah. uh, Daniel did beat Rude, so. <laughs> well, that was one I had uh, to kind of monitor too, and I forget it's skipping my name. It's it's absent right now, but Casper Rude's match. Oh, Vashka, right? Yeah, Ivash going to take a set? I Maybe. think so, too. Yeah. Like, I, I was I, looking at that as well. <laughs> I almost feel dirty saying it because I don't want Kasparu <laughs> to keep struggling, but, like, there's some signs there that he's not all the way right. And, and again, clay court player, faster court, probably not as ideal. Ivashka took a set off Medvedev at India Wells. So, yeah, it's like a it's like a pick I don't want it to happen, but I might ultimately make. Yeah, I Guys, really hope that really... Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead, please, Rico. I was going to say, I really hope that Rude gets it together for clay court season because that decision to, you know, take some time off before the, the sunshine double is looking a little bit worse. I, I don't mean, I guess he expected it, but I, I would like to see these guys in form at this time of year. Yeah, it would be great to, uh, it would be great to see that. Mike, what were you saying about uh, the All-American just, matchup? Yeah, well, I was just saying I've got the uh, the Emilio Nava match uh, against Fritz just started and Nava took the first game. He broke him to start, so... Mm. Emilio Nava with uh, seems to really be uh, enjoying himself, and just from from my uh, layman's eye, he looks real confident. He looks like yeah. he's he's very very comfortable on this main stadium court against you know the top Americans. So uh, maybe this Nava guy is someone to watch. You guys have any thoughts? SoCal kid, I think his game is pretty big, and uh, there seems to be some potential there. Um, I. Interesting, right? Taylor Fritz is at a point where I feel like he's kind of gone, I don't want to say under the radar, but he didn't defend any wells, lost in the quarterfinals there, is looking for a big result. There is more pressure on him being the top American. So this is house money for Nava, and he has looked good so far. So maybe this is more competitive than uh, the all the experts thought. 
Yeah, and he, and he just beat Isner like on these courts. That's a huge win. Like like you would think that this is exactly where Isner should get a win in the first round. Yeah, I would I would say that too. I think he could be another American that comes up now and maybe makes things interesting. There's like 14 already in the top 60, I think, or some ridiculous number. So uh, good to see the American men kind of going to the top. But I mean, how, how competitive do we really think that Alcaraz match is going to be today? Like. <laughs> I'm not expecting much. No. I think it's going to be a really no. fast He's match. getting into that range, and that's the one thing I'd say to kind of put a bow on it is Alcaraz is already in that range of it's hard to find value. Isn't that Djokovic? Yeah. Adult, where it's like early in tournaments, it's really hard to find value. That's almost why, you know, even at plus 200, you have to jump on it and yeah. you, know, you hope that he's there in the fourth round and then the value is there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be impressive if he wins the Sunshine Double. I don't want to say lock, but prohibitive favorite, I will say, uh, the absence of Novak Djokovic. But it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. And this time of year is great because we're going to lead into the clay. This is the last you know American tournament for a while. So a lot of reasons, a lot of big events coming up. But I think our picks are pretty good. I think uh, I think we got a lot to uh, to go with. And uh, we just won't talk about the losses then when we move yeah. forward. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right. Schwartzman just won seven six six one. Jeez. Wow. So that did not go well. He he looks like so I was fading him for a while and just kind of cashing mm-hmm. in on that losing streak, but he's definitely gotten better in the last three or four weeks. Yeah. Sprouting into form. Yibbing woo. Maybe it's the curse of the first title, <laughs> right? Like when that it first is. title and then backing it up could be tough. But all right. So all but one we're gonna make all these other picks. So just one Zika, where are we looking out for your picks now? The next uh, for, for the tournament. So, are you doing a daily for tennis.com? And I know you're doing um, it for So, tell us where to find. I'm doing you. two picks, two picks a week for tennis.com, and then I'm doing daily best bets over at Vison. Great, good awesome. stuff, man. Money, Mitch, take us home. Appreciate you guys. Thanks to Kenny Ducey. Hopefully he's under par, but I doubt it. Thanks to Zach Cohen for uh, coming on. Catch him. Uh, all of his all of his stuff, all of his picks. He's been on a hot streak, so we'll keep that going. Mike Haston, you're the best at producing this, and uh, we'll keep it going here on Tennis Bets. A lot to discuss going forward. Next week, the Miami Open will be in the final stages, so there'll still be a lot to talk about, and we'll see how the futures look as well. But this was Tennis Bets. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well. So check us out there. And uh, that'll do for this week of Tennis Bets. Good luck. Stay safe on your betting streets. And uh, just keep uh, keep winning money. Stay in the green. Hit some winners. <laughs>